0: North Carolina's Piedmont Triad is in the center of the state. Three main cities sit here, Winston-Salem, High Point, and Greensboro, which is in Guilford County. It's where General Nathaniel Green led the American forces at the Battle of Guilford Courthouse during the American Revolution. Manufacturing helped Greensboro rebound after the Civil War as new buildings and manufacturing plants went up. Many still standing have changed owners several times.
1: From what I understand, There was some pretty lively games and some things were bet that we wouldn't normally see bet in today's period. Uh, I believe the property actually changed hands one night during a card game.
0: And some of these buildings were where people's lives ended, so there are stories of hauntings.
1: Then what happened next is probably the freakiest thing I've ever seen.
0: We wanted to do something fun for Halloween. Not much news value, but in a year like this, we thought it was okay. So we went out looking for ghost stories. The first person we sought out is Chris Wilson, Greensboro assistant city manager who started working for the city when he was 19.
1: My drive-in, I I loved it. I would drive past Lake Brant. I could see the water.
0: His ghost story comes from when he worked at a park called Burr Mill Park. It's gorgeous out there. Fields, forest, lake views, but today we're talking about the facility there and what happened to Chris in it. And we had no intention of making this into a podcast, but after we sat down with him, we, we knew we had to.
1: You know, I, folks have re- written about this story in particular because of the the Really, the layers to it.
0: So we're just going to play it for you. Pretty much straight through with small edits just to keep things moving. I'm Fox 8's Michael Hennessy, and this is Hauntings in the Piedmont. Here we go. You all set? All right. Okay. Uh, Just to get this out of the way, do me a favor. Say and spell your name. Give me your current title and give us, I guess, the title that you had when this story began.
1: So it's Chris Wilson, C-H-R-I-S. W-I-L-S-O-N. I'm assistant city manager. At that point, I was a park ranger.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of give us the history of, I guess, how that building came to be when it was built, what that area was like, and then kind of what it was functioning as when you were a park ranger and and whatever year that was. at Sure.
1: Yeah. So the property itself has a really cool history. Um, It was owned by many of the prominent names that you would recognize today on streets, uh, the Combs, uh, Morrises. And there was even a history along the way. So there was farmland there, of course, you know, it's been a park, it was Burlington Industries private club, but even before all that, it was a place where uh, several people came and played poker. Uh, And from what I understand, there was some pretty lively games and some things were bet that we wouldn't normally see bet in today's period. Uh, I believe the property actually changed hands one night during a card game. Uh, So it's got this really cool history, but in fact, there are Uh, you know with any history of property there are some some pieces of the history where you know people did pass away and things happened Uh, so the story that we're going to talk about is linked to a a person who actually choked to death while it was Burlington Industries property in their private country club Um, but the property itself is 250 acres our job was to maintain that. Uh, So we did everything from mowing to uh, repairs, building, uh, but we also were responsible for helping out inside the event center. Now that event center uh, was there during the Burlington Industries period. So Burlington Industries used that as a place where they served dinner and they had functions and socials. Uh, And when the county bought the property they continued that tradition of using it for public events, and people rented uh, rooms. And so in this particular instance, we would come in really early in the morning to get ready for whatever the events were for that day, and then we would typically stay late at night to break it back down. Uh, this particular day, we came in around five o'clock, and I, I do remember it pretty vividly because it was really foggy when I drove in. so. My drive in, I I loved it. I would drive past Lake Brant. I could see the water. Uh, I would come into the park. It's usually kind of dark, but you could usually see wildlife there. At that particular morning, I saw some deer. Um, But it was a little spooky that morning. It was was just foggy when I drove in. Uh, Didn't really think too much about it. Got in the building and uh, met Another person there because there's usually two of us doing the uh, breakdown and setup, and so in this particular case, we got in the building. You always lock the door behind you, uh, so that's what we did. We came in, locked the door behind us, got ready to start setting up, and that's when things started to
0: happen. So, at that point, had you already heard stories, or was this kind of leading into um, your experience?
1: I had. So I'd, I had not really heard. Stories so much as some of the other folks I worked with told me, you know, you are going to hear some things here. You know, occasionally it could be wind, it could be this, it could be that. Every once in a while, somebody pipe up and say, Yeah, it could also be something else. And, you know, I I really didn't have any mind for that kind of stuff. So I was like, Yeah, whatever. And I, I did work many nights closing the building, and there are multiple stories from this particular facility. This is the one that everyone loves because it's really compelling, it's very deep. Uh, but I did see things. I, I saw everything from uh, light anomalies. I did surveillance one night and I actually saw a light anomaly follow a staff person.
0: Just gonna jump in with a quick explainer here. Chris is talking about something he'd caught on surveillance tapes at Burr Mill, but he'll talk about that more a little later on. So this
1: person was walking down the hall. The light anomaly would follow him and he clearly knew something was behind him because every time he turned around, the light anomaly would go into one of the pictures. And at that time, the pictures were of old horses that had stayed there because they had stables at one point. And so the light would go into the photo, he'd turn back around and come right back out and follow him again. Uh, I had many times where doors would open and close you know, later in my career when I had an office there, I'd come in and my notebooks would be all off the shelf. It it, it was a really interesting place, but this particular event uh, was so compelling that it it sort of changed my mind about whether I could explain off the things that were happening. So up to that point, I I just tried to explain it off in my mind, it's this, it's that. Obviously, if I'm working late at night, I don't want to think about that, so. Um, this, this was a corner for me and it really turned me on to the notion of uh, there are some things that I
0: can't explain. So after you locked that door, how long before things started happening that morning?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we probably started um, getting ready. So in order to do the breakdown and set up, there's some things that you gather. There's, you know, you're, you're rolling furniture out. Um, I remember in particular, as we were getting that stuff out, I heard and really felt something running down the hall. And at that point it was so vivid, I I thought someone was in the building. I thought someone followed us in. Um, so I I took off after it and I was like, hey, you know, you can't be in here, sorry. I look around, nobody's there. I was like, well, that's weird. Maybe I just heard something. Come back. We start talking. We're getting ready to start doing the setup. Um, and then it it was so vivid in the way that it happened it it actually moved by both of us whatever it was it moved by both of us and you could hear it running and the other thing that was really distinct about it is both of us carried our keys on our belt so we'd have a hook you know like the climbing hook we'd carry that and that's what it sounded like it sounded like somebody was running with keys on their belt so we thought it could have been one of the other people that we work with. So at that point, because it ran by us and we heard the noise, we both thought, well, this is really strange. So, so we actually went down the hall. And as we went down the hall, there's a set of restrooms. Well, somebody went in the restroom. Door opened and closed pretty pretty harshly. Um, so at that point, I was a little irritated because I thought somebody was playing with us. Um, and I'm. I'm good at playing back so we decided we were going to go in and scare whoever it was so we sort of went through the door started looking around one of the stall doors was closed so i assumed somebody was hiding in the stall door i looked i didn't see feet i figured they were sitting up on top of the actual toilet and so we were going to scare that person to get even and so we both charge at it fling the door open nothing as soon as it's quiet after we bust the door, you hear somebody whispering. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I didn't want to admit to it at first because I thought I might be hearing things. And then there were multiple voices. And by multiple, I mean many voices, not two, many voices. We were both petrified. So I I tried to gather my composure and I looked at my partner and said, we're being pranked, and this is a good one. So we start to walk out. We're going to figure out what's going on, and before we start to walk out, the door opens and slams again. So we start to go out of the bathroom. I'll never forget this. We're brown in the corner, um, and I said, "You know, I'm not quite sure how they're doing this. Like, this is a pretty elaborate trick if they're playing a joke on us." He said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you would make those noises, but then also do the doors. I was like, I got it, they're in here somewhere. Let's go down here and set the alarm. So we had an alarm that would capture motion. So we went into this little room where the alarm panel was. I, I was really proud of myself. I was like, mm-hmm, I figured this out. I set the alarm, right? And so I start seeing the motion go off. But it's very strange, the motion is going room to room. So somebody's walking through. Starts on one end of the building and continues to move. Now somewhere therein, I look out and one of the doors, so they have squeeze walls to separate rooms. You know how heavy those doors are and there's Mm -hmm. flaps at the bottom? That's not something that blows open with wind. That, that door opens and closes by itself. So I continue to monitor this motion. First room, second room, third room. Then it comes from the opposite end of the building. First room, second room, third room. It converges literally where we are. At this point, neither one of us wants to look back out of that room. We also didn't want to admit how scared we were because there was a lot of pushing to get, you know, to get away from things. I, I finally peeked out. There was not a thing in that building. There was nothing in that building. But the motion detector was showing that it was there. As I turn around and look at him and we're looking at each other, the alarm just goes berserk. And I really can't explain it. You know, I, I, somebody could say it was a malfunction, but it was functioning up to that point. It just goes berserk, starts going off. At this point, we are both visibly shaking. And as soon as it happens, as soon as we're shaking, it stops, nothing. And it's almost like you know that it's all done. There's silence. There's no noise, there's no feeling, there's no anything. So it wasn't long after that that whatever it was, I believe I caught on our surveillance tape. So in addition to those duties, I was reviewing surveillance tape uh, from each night. And during my surveillance, I'm watching everything be closed down maybe two hours after that. I see something coming out of the floor. Now I recognize the area because it's an area where we had removed a wall, but it's also an area that's surrounded by cinder block. So there is no light infiltration. There is no uh, opportunity for wind to come through cinder block on both sides. Out of the floor comes what I can only describe as a mist. It comes out straight. It reminded me of the old I Dream of genie. It comes out straight but then what happened next is probably the freakiest thing I've ever seen. It bill is out and it appears to have two arms. It stands there and then it goes back into the floor. Of course, I shared this uh, with my supervisor at the time. We opted not to do anything with that tape because we really couldn't figure it out. I uh, Tried to recreate the instance, couldn't, couldn't recreate it. So at that point, I'm starting to think something is different at this facility. Started doing a little research and understood that some things had happened at the property, as with all properties. Um, But indeed, some people had passed away. But the real nail in the coffin for me was about a week after that incident, my partner and I were back in a room setting up. And it was the room where the door had opened and closed and we heard activity uh, you know, really initiate, and an older gentleman comes in and it, it would be odd to see someone in that portion of the building watching you do a setup because there 's nobody else around there 's nothing to do he 's just standing there i 'm um, continuing to work, and eventually I get so uncomfortable I, I turn around and said, "Sir, is there something I can do for you? Can I help you with something i didn 't get a reaction he 's just staring, so I kind of let it go. <laughs> And then eventually he says, I I just wanted to stop by and and see the room. I said, oh, well, somebody can help you with that. You know, we have folks here that will show you the room, tell you all about it. He's like, no, 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 no. I wanted to see the room one last time. This is where my wife passed away. I'm sure he thought that we were the weirdest people in the world because we looked at each other. And then we looked back at him, and then we looked at each other, and I didn't want to be rude, but I thought, oh my gosh, we just had all this happen. He's telling us somebody passed away here. Needless to say, post that, I tried to make peace with the notion that, you know, whatever it was, whatever it may have been, it didn't seem to want to harm us. It didn't seem to... um, be malicious in any way. So we just sort of coexisted with it. But that was one of many stories. Uh, I remember actually exiting the building at one point because all the doors opened at one time. And I thought that might be a tip for me to just get out for the minute. So I walked out, waited a few minutes, came back in, finished my work. Many, many stories from that facility.
0: The old man, was he actually there?
1: He... He was actually there. He was physically uh, in front of us. We both saw him. We watched him leave. We watched him get in his car and leave uh, for two reasons. One, to verify that he was gone. Uh, two, so that we could start talking about and like debriefing on what had happened over this span of time because we realized there had to be some connectivity. Um, but yeah, he was there. Uh, That happened. I'm not a person that goes in for much of that. But after that event, I I realized some things can't be explained. Sometimes I just leave it at that. It can't be explained.
0: So I guess I'm trying to piece this together for for the viewers. So like, how old do you think that guy was? What year did this actually happen to you? And then what year did her death happen?
1: Um, So her death, I, I, do not recall I know that it happened during Burlington Industries time so some it it could have been 70s 80s somewhere therein Um, I would say he was in his late 70s early 80s Uh, this happened to me in the mid to
0: late 90s if I remember correctly so this isn't like a death that happened in Nineteen twenty or something like that. I mean, this was somewhat. No, I
1: I think this was. Yeah, I think this was during that period that it was a private club because what actually happened is she hit choked to death, Um, and you know, the subsequently, upon my research, there were obviously other deaths that happened, and they did date back that old, if not even before that, Uh, really at the early nineteen
0: hundreds. So that happens to you that original incident or even when the older gentleman comes and sees you I mean when you leave you go back home and you're laying in bed yeah how much are you thinking about that
1: oh it's non-stop you don't you, you might lay in bed but you don't go to sleep um I I can honestly say like two things came out of that one I didn't sleep that night two walking around in that building afterwards as a as a person who's closing the facility down, you're you're very mindful, um, and you're hearing. You know, there were times that I would, um, particularly once we had, you know, cell phones available to us, there were times that I would call another human being and stay on the phone with them while I closed, because I would hear somebody walking behind me, and I just knew that there was nobody there, and there was nobody there. So in order to comfort me, I'd talk on the phone with somebody. Uh, now, I will say that, uh, you know, I was responsible for training people after that. I took great delight in sharing with them at the end of the night, after they were getting tired, that they may hear or see things that they can't explain, and then I'd leave them with that. Um, and it, it was sort of a rite of passage, I guess. You know, I, folks have wr- written about this story in particular because of the, the really, the layers to it. Um, it's been talked about and certainly passed down. Uh, I visited that facility, I'd say three or four years ago, and the staff actually, at that time, came and approached me about the the story and said, please, just share a little bit more. Uh, We're dying to know. I'm I'm sure they do hear things. Uh, uh, The facility has been renovated. Uh, It looks totally different today. At the time that I was there, uh, it looked a lot like the day Burlington Industries left. Uh, when the county actually bought that facility and we moved in to start working on it and cleaning it up, there were still glasses of drink in them. Uh, there were still cigarettes, half smoked. It, it was amazing. It was just sort of preserved in time uh, and apparently preserved in time in many ways. Uh, there were lots of things that were still hanging around. Hmm. It, it was so vivid. It's not one of those things that you forget it sticks with you, right? Like there's certain moments in time that you're always going to remember no matter what happens. This is one of them for me. Um, I, I, I will tell you that personally, I became so interested in things that were unexplainable. Like it, it was a game changer for me. Um, and the, the person who was my supervisor at the time, great person, he was a retired army captain. He and I, and uh, there was another gentleman who was retired Air Force, that we were all working together. Uh, We started getting together on a regular basis talking about things we had seen or heard that we couldn't explain and just sort of comparing notes. Now, those guys had some killer stories. Um, But this one was always a a stumper because we we even tried to recreate, uh, I went back uh, as, you as know, my career went on, I remember going back late one night and just sitting to see if I could get some experience, and, and it was amazing. As I sat there, and I had three other people with me, as I s- sat there, you could hear, it almost sounded like people were socializing or playing cards or something. It, it, it was like a game atmosphere, but you could hear people actually having a conversation with each other. And at that point, I'm just going, okay, I've got to accept this. Like. I know I'm not crazy and they're hearing the same thing. And this has now happened multiple times. So we just, you know, we kind of came to terms with it, but it really spurred my interest because now all of a sudden I realized not everything can be explained. It was cool.
0: I do want to ask you this because this was my first question and I asked you it earlier and I know people who watch this story are going to ask. If I had something Coming to form in in front of me on on tape or right. or the ball of light going through the pictures, I would never get rid of that tape. I right. might lock it away, but what happened to the tapes so
1: uh, the tapes were in my possession because uh, at that time I used my own VHS tapes, and essentially they they just came apart i mean they were they were that old uh, i didn't store them very well, but uh, you know if I knew now what I knew then I, I, or vice versa, I think I would have probably done a better job of preserving. Uh, I will tell you the reaction in the immediate, and I was very loyal to my job, everybody was a little concerned about sharing that tape, so I really didn't want to go back to it at any point because I didn't want to do anything that would be detrimental. Um, You know, now we know that that kind of stuff is really not that detrimental, and people love to see that. but I didn't store it very well. Uh, I remember getting it back out and trying to play it because at that point I realized, oh wait a minute, I can put this on, I think at that time it was a rewritable DVD. Yeah, I got the, the tape DVD combo and I was gonna do it and it just, it literally was like coming apart. Um, so I lost that piece of history. Uh, it'll always stay in my head, uh, but I did
0: I did not keep it at that point. Do you think it was meant to be that you couldn't burn it onto something else and save it
1: you know i wonder about that sometimes i i think it, it is possible that it's meant to be because these are you know these are experiences that not everybody gets I, I recognize that you know i'll tell a story and everybody's gonna think i'm making it up or maybe i'm crazy i is an experience i got to have i actually am very thankful i got to have that experience but I don't. I don't know that everybody's intended to have that experience. Um, that's what makes it special. So what happened was, um, I felt like I was always okay with whatever that was. Right. I hired a couple of people that were just tormented. Uh, in particular, we had a female who had an office there, and for whatever the reason, this thing did not like her. <laughs> um, like. She was sitting there and one of her notebooks just came right off the shelf like it was up and out, not fall, up and out. And constantly her pictures would be turned around, things would be moved around, and she thought we were doing it. We didn't do it. Now, I'll be the first to say I was notorious for playing pranks on people, but I didn't do that. I'd claim credit for it. For whatever the reason, it, it didn't always like everybody, but for me? You know, I knew it was there, whatever it was, I heard the noises, like I, I knew when it was around, I could, you could almost feel that presence. You know, like when somebody's watching you or somebody's behind you, you know that they're there. I could always feel that. I played it off, get on my phone, have a conversation. I, I will even admit there were a couple of times I would turn around and say, I know you're here. I just want to wrap up. I just want to get finished and go home. And I do my thing. That's a that's a great point though. Yeah, I I do recall not everybody got along so well
0: See sometimes you just got to give him a little bit of time. He asks good questions <laughs> yeah. um, Would you go back and do something similar to try to as you said get some sort of experience would you do that again?
1: Yeah, I would I I think I think where I would come from this time though is I sort of understand why the gentleman came to see uh, you know, the incident, I think there was some comfort for him. I think for me, if I if I went back into that facility and I had by some chance that experience again or that opportunity, I, th- I think I would find it very comforting because to your point, there's some level of approval if you get to experience that or see that. Um, yeah, I'd do it in a second. I'd do it in a second. And And quite frankly, I've been to other facilities. So I've worked in almost every park we have in some capacity over the course of my career. I've worked in most of the facilities we have. Um, not the only location that that I've experienced things like that, uh, but by far the most active and most obvious. Most of the time, I, I'm still always grounded in trying to explain things away. Most of the time I can come up with a conclusion as to how something happened. Um, but, in particular, I, I know we've got a couple other locations that um,
0: definitely have some things that are not able to be explained. Have you done as much research on either of those? any of those?
1: Yeah, I have. Um, <clears throat> so there's some locations at Country Park, but uh, of course, that's right next to the battlefield there at the National Park. There was a skirmish there. there was also a um, like a off-site jail so that they'd bring day workers in to do work, and they they actually helped build the cemetery. Um, there was remnants of, of unfortunately, what looked to be um, like a hot box out there at the time. I mean all that's gone now, um, but obviously there's some things there. You've got the cemetery, you've got the battlefield. Um, we We had a staff out there that was constantly telling us about one spot where they could not work at night because everything they had would get drained. Uh, Car batteries, uh, utility vehicles, anything would get drained almost immediately. Uh, And then of course you know there were many times that they would see light anomalies or other things that they just didn't understand what was going on. They'd hear things, hear voices. Um, So yeah, there's other places where things happen. I mean it's, it's kind of the deal. If you work late like that or you work early and you work at times where other people are not around and there's no other noise pollution, sometimes you notice things that you may not notice otherwise. So <laughs> the, built, the Biltmore, we didn't touch on this and I'm not implying there was a connection, but do you remember when all the windows blew out and like we had that big thing? So whatever it was, it was an explosion underground, oh, yeah. knocked the sewer cover off and blew out the windows at the Biltmore. Yeah. We never got a great explanation on that. I, honest to God, like yeah. they said, it was a spark potentially from something underground and the gases. I remember seeing that video footage, and I was like, "It's really odd that it's at the Biltmore." Yeah. It was yeah. super crazy. Yeah, the footage was insane because you just see it. I mean, the manhole covers go. Never
0: even, Did we I ever just have never that? it a second thought.
1: Well, everybody talks about Biltmore. It's really funny. When we were designing Mm. the Labauer Park right there, when we were working on that original concept and the design, we brought Dan Biederman from New York who did Bryant Park and lots of great stuff, Pioneer, sort of in that that world. Dan's a no-nonsense guy. Like, he is super straightforward. Dan was down here helping us, and he decided he was going to stay at the Biltmore. And so we were having coffee one morning. It, Dan's so serious. Like, he's, he's reading his paper, you know, he's got his nose in his paper, we're sipping coffee. And somebody said, hey, Dan, place really haunted? No hesitation. Never smiled anything. He's like, 100%. Percent. <laughs> and we're all going, you want to give us a little more there? Like, why? He's like, oh, yeah, I heard stuff the whole time. He's like, it's definitely haunted. <laughs> I was like, I was like, That's insane.
0: That brings us to the Biltmore Hotel, Greensboro, which is in downtown Greensboro, which you just heard us talking about. As you can tell, it too is supposedly haunted. The little blonde-headed boy that rides up and down the elevator, we have no idea who he is or where he came from. So it seemed natural for us to head there and talk with the general manager, who, just like Chris, is an awesome storyteller. More recently... Now that the building has sat empty for for a few months and we've been open um, since July, had a few people coming and going and the energy is returning back just last night. Um, One of the front desk clerks, I get a call at at home and asking me, you know, all these strange questions. I'm like, why are you asking this for? We head there next time on Hauntings in the Piedmont. If you like the podcast, rate it, comment on it, tell a friend, get the word out. Things in the Piedmont is written and reported on by me, Michael Hennessy. Our editor is Chris Weaver.